do you, me, Beyonce, Mark Zuckerberg, and Oprah all have in common? Well, we all have the same amount of time. 168 hours in a week, 24 hours a day. So why does it feel like some people get so much more done and have it all together? And how do you do more with the time you do have so that you feel more relaxed, less busy, less stressed, and achieve the goals you have? That's the question I'm answering in this episode and the last two of Golden Girls Podcast. I know you want to take a bath. I know you want to have time to take a nap. You want to sit in peace and quiet with a cup of tea. You want to have the time to exercise consistently, grow your side hustle, and oh my gosh, can you please just take a vacation? My friend, it is all possible, and I know this because trust me, I've made all the mistakes and will continue to make some along the way. I've also spent a lot of time and energy and dedication helping women to find more balance in their life, whatever that means to them. Here's what I've learned. There are three things you need to have more time in your life and stop feeling so darn frazzled. Those three things are clarity, a success mindset, and the right tools and strategies to support your goals and what you're up to in this world. Now, if you're just catching up here, the last two episodes of Golden's Girls Podcast were all about clarity and mindset, so make sure you listen to those. Today, we're getting into the juice I know you've been dying for, the tactics and the strategies. By the end of this episode, you're going to have new and refreshing ideas that actually work to help you invest the time you do have to creating the life you want without the burnout, the exhaustion, or becoming a total hermit with no friends, unless that's what you want. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. Hey there, Golden Girl. Thank you so much for joining for another episode of Golden Girls Podcast. This is hands down the most requested topic for you, and I know it's for a good reason. Never before have we been in a time where we feel so busy, so stressed, and unbalanced, and like we just need more time. It's crazy to think that just a few generations ago, there were predictions that as technology got better, that we were just going to end up having all this free time. And it's so ironic because we're in this space where we have technology to enable us and yet we still just feel so darn strapped for time. This is episode three in our part, three-part All the Time in the World series on time management. Promise me, promise me this. Before you listen to this episode, go back and make sure you listen to episode seven and episode eight. Like I just said, the predictions were that with all the technology coming out that we were going to have more time and we were actually going to be bored. The reason why that hasn't happened is because it's not all about the strategies. It's not all about the tactics. There is so much more than that and your time goes deeper. So please make sure you listen to episode 7 to get the clarity you need, answer the questions you need before you try any other time management tool, and listen to episode 8 to understand where your mindset needs to shift to set you up for success with your time. Here's the thing I can promise you. These strategies and hacks, they're not going to help you anywhere near as much as they could if you don't go back and listen to episode 7 and 8 and get the clarity and the mindset straight. So go back and do that first. 
All right, before I dive in, I want to share this review from Crystal from Australia. Hello to everyone down under there. Thank you so much for listening. It is so cool, by the way, to have people listening from around the world. What a gift. So <laughs> I also love this episode, um, this review from Crystal because it, there's so many Aussieisms. So I don't know if that's a word, but I just made that up. So here's what she says. Lisa is a weapon. If you want to be inspired and achieve your goals, do yourself a favor and subscribe to this podcast. Lisa brings years of knowledge and experience on top of her pocket rocket energy to boost you up and get you kicking those goals. Thank you so much, Crystal. I am just, I'm sure you can hear I am laughing and love this. Like I've never been called a weapon or a pocket rocket before, but I so appreciate that. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you for listening from Down Under and uh, I appreciate that so much. If you want to be featured next, make sure you leave a honest written review on the bottom of your Apple podcast and I will every episode do a listener shout out or shout out to someone in my Golden Girls community. Without further ado, let's dive into the strategies that have helped me because I've got a pretty good grip on how I want to feel, on my mindset, on my goals, my desire zone, and my capacity, aka everything I just talked about in the last two episodes. So I'm going to talk about the number one thing you need to do, which is find out where your time is going and I'll give you a couple strategies on how to do that. I'm going to give you tips in three different categories in planning, your daily habits, and how to make sure you're doing the right things. And the last thing I'm going to leave you with is the most important. Like if you take nothing else away, it is the number one thing that you have to focus on with all of your time management. And you don't want to miss out on that, so make sure you stay tuned to the end to hear that. All right, let's talk number one about where your time is going. So often I get people messaging me or asking me or talking to me or clients coming to me and being like, I need more time, I need more time, and give me some time management tips. And I got to say this, this is the most powerful thing that you can do I got a quick caveat in here. If you've already listened to episode seven and eight, that's where you got to start. But assuming you've already done that, now we've got to do is figure out where your time is going. Because what looks like a great week for you might be a terrible week for someone else and vice versa. So there is no one way to structure a week. There is no one way of how you should be spending your time. It is so personal. And first, we got to figure out where you're actually spending it. What I recommend doing is this. Track your time for one week. Figure out where it's going. Then at the end of the week, you tally up where where you spent your time doing and you reflect. Was it what you thought? What was your happiest time spent? What are you looking back on and saying, wow, I can't believe I spent that much time on that? What are you proud of and what do you want to change? I do this at least two to four times a year and I recommend this to my clients. And let me tell you, I've been doing this in my mastermind and with my private clients and I always get such incredible feedback on this. I once had a client who was resistant to doing this and she's like, Lisa, I'm just so scared to do this. I know I don't have any time. I know I'm not going to find anything. So I, the thought of doing this and finding those results is just going to be depressing. And I encouraged her. I said, just push through and just give it a try. She, even she came back and she came back and was like, wow, I'm so amazed. I found four hours back in my week that I didn't even realize. This is from someone who didn't even want to do the exercise because she was so afraid she had no time. So I know you might be thinking, Lisa, I already know where my time is going. Trust me, you will learn something from this exercise. So I encourage you. You can you can do, by the way, um, there's a software called Toggle. You can use something like that to track your time. I personally use a super not fancy Excel spreadsheet that is also really powerful. And if you want to use what I use and what I give to my mastermind clients, like I said, not fancy, please lower your expectations a little on this, is you can get your time tracker at lisamichaud.com forward slash time tracker. I decided I'd share it with you guys so you can grab it there 
there and the link is in the show notes there too. So literally all you do, track your time for a full week and just start today. Don't worry about, oh, well, I'm taking leaving Friday early for a dentist appointment or you know this happened or this week is a little different because I, I'm actually seeing my friends. Every week is going to be a little different. The point is to just get started. Track this week, see where your time is going and reflect on it at the end. That way you can use these strategies and tips to deliver uh, what you want the most in your life. Now, the second way that you can do this and find out where your time is going, this is you can do this in the past or going forward here. This is the calendar audit, and I talk about it more in episode four, so if you want to know more, go back and listen to that. But basically, with your calendar audit, you look at the past and look at where, where was your time spent? What were your major accomplishments? What was the proudest moments? What were the happiest things that came to your mind in your life? And literally looking at your calendar, look at how you spent the last, you know, three months or six months or one year or two years and figure out what were the things that actually got you your accomplishments? What are the things that were your happiest time spent? What were your proud moments? And then the opposite. What was a waste of time? What was a waste of energy? Who did you not enjoy spending your time with? When you are able to look at your calendar audit from the past and then again track going forward, you're going to have a really good idea of where your time has been going and how you're spending it right now. Once you know that, then it's then we can layer on strategies. Then we can we can make shifts here. And I'm not I'm going to share with you guys a whole bunch of tips by the way. Not to say that you can't start them right away, but honestly, if you first know where your time is going, it's going to give you so much clarity. Also a little fun fact here, a lot of my clients report that even just the act of tracking, like just tracking their, their time, they're a lot more conscious of how much time they're spending on social media or how much time they're wasting, you know, doing things that aren't important. So uh, I've had clients that are like, oh, I'm going to track for a whole month and they do and they realize they get so much more done because they're almost holding themselves accountable in a different way. So I highly recommend you do that and make sure you grab the time tracker, lisamichelle.com forward slash time tracker and print it out or use it on your computer and I know you will... Uh, definitely get some ahas out of there. I can't wait to see how much time you get back, by the way. Whenever I do it, I usually get at least four to eight hours back. It's pretty cool. Okay, now I'm going to give you a bunch of ideas and strategies. Not all of them are going to work for you. Not all of them are going to work for all things or everyone. I encourage you to just try something new. Just try one and give it a few weeks to iron it out. Give, don't try and do all of these things. It's going to be super overwhelming and we know that doing all the things doesn't work. So just pick one or two, give it a few weeks and then try something else. Some of these may work for you at home or at work better, but definitely if you try and do them all, that's just a recipe for disaster. Each of these has helped me or my clients at different stages of life, and so I highly encourage you to give them a try, and I hope you hear something new, because uh, not all of them are your conventional time, time management strategies, which is why I believe in them so much. I've broken the tips down into three categories to help make it easier. Number one is planning, number two is daily habits, and number three is doing the right things. Let's start with planning. Okay, this is the biggest thing that has made a difference in my life, which is planning my week. If you are not planning your week, this is the silver bullet. This is going to help you make the biggest difference. I know it. It's basically a practice of taking 20 to 30 minutes once a week, either on a, like a Friday afternoon, a Sunday night, Monday morning, and planning what's ahead for the week ahead. What you want to look at is what are your top priorities? What do you want to achieve this week? What are the actions you're going to take? How do you want to feel, of course, and making sure those things are all matching in and then actually blocking the time in there? If you're not doing this, oh my gosh, this is going to like this is going to change your whole world. It changed so much things for me. This is how I exercise consistently. This is how I do the work that I want to do. This is how my husband and I have date nights. This is how we do vacations. This is how I see my friends. This is, this is how I do 
not all the things, but all the things in my life. This is how I make it happen. Um, you can grab, I also have a weekly planner that I use that I share out. So you guys can grab it at lisamichaud.com forward slash week. And one of the questions I also get you to do is to share what's one thing that you did last week and that you're proud of. Because I think so often we forget to celebrate. So I, I highly recommend you grab that planner. You don't have to use my planner, by the way. You can literally just, just put 20, 30 minutes aside in your calendar to plan what you're doing this week ahead. Okay. So once you have planned your week on the planner, you know what you're up to for the week. Now, here's my second tip. The best way to honor a dream in your heart is to give it the time on your calendar. Block that time. So whatever you say you want to do, you're going to actually chunk it out. You're going to estimate how much time that's going to take you. And then you're going to give yourself more. There's there's a tip right there. Always estimate about 30 to 50% more time and then put it in your calendar. So this really has helped me to try and estimate how much time things are going to take and then put it in my calendar. I have got to tell you, this is something that I am not perfect at. And um, there are weeks where I've added up all the things I want to do to have like literally 136 hours of work. That is not possible, right? So that helps me right away be like, okay, if I if I already have over 100 hours of work planned and I haven't even factored in for the 30% more that I know it's probably going to take me because everything takes a little more time than we think it's going to take, then I just have no chance of accomplishing this. So this is a really great way for me to, instead of setting myself up with this huge to-do list that I only do a fraction of and then I feel really disappointed with at the end of the week and I wonder what's wrong with me and I think I'm not good enough, It allows me to see, okay, I'm going to estimate for about 20 or 30 hours a week of work and knowing that it's probably going to take me closer to 40 or 50 and things will come up and that's okay, but it'll uh, make sure that I'm not overestimating and setting myself up for disappointment right off the bat. Plan for and block the time. The best way to honor a dream in your heart is to give it the time in your calendar. So block more time than you think you need, 30% more. If you think it's going to take you five hours, block eight. If you want to do two yoga classes, plan for three. I always tell people you want to do five workouts, plan for six or seven. Give yourself some breathing room. Um, and if you've ever watched Stephen Covey's or read his book um, and heard his work around big rocks, this is the same concept. You want to first plan and block time for your big priorities, the goals, um, your your workouts, your date nights, your time with family, whatever it is that's most important to you, you want to make sure that's in your calendar first. And then all the little things fall around it. The emails, the phone calls, the chores, they all fall on around that as opposed to you saying, I'm going to spend my whole Sunday, eight hours cleaning my house and then realizing it's been six months since you've actually had a quality day with your, your partner or your family. Those, everything else, unless I should caveat here because I don't know you, maybe you love to clean your house. If that brings you joy, that's, that's great. But I know for most of us, that's not the case. So all the other things are going to fall around. Make time for your big rocks. Block the time. And by the way, I have a link in the show notes too. I'll make sure we drop that in there. It's a video demo to show you the Big Rocks concept and just visualize what I'm saying here and how the big priorities, when you do this, it makes such a big difference and all the little things will just fall around it. So check out that video. It's a really good classic one and it's a little old school. I think you'll have a laugh with it. Okay, when when we're talking about planning, I want you to get intentional about your downtime. I talked about this in the last episode, but I, it bears reminding. And I'm sorry, Gary V. We cannot all work 16 hours every day for the next 30 years. Here is, I get this uh, comment so often from women on social media. Like I, I've worked all day and then by the time I finally have time to work on my myself or my project or do exercise, I'm just so burnt out and I zone out on Netflix. I know, of course you do. Because if you don't take downtime, your mind is going to do it for you. And it won't be quality downtime. It's going to be the Netflix binges. It's going to be the social media scrolling. It's going to be the crap that doesn't help you. So if you've ever gotten to the end of the day and thought, wow, I wish I could write my new blog post or do my research, only to then find yourself zoning out, 
then that's because you're not giving yourself real downtime and instead your brain has forced you to take downtime. As you think about your days and your weeks, think about what quality downtime means to you and make that happen. Block out the time for guilt-free you time. You want to have a bubble bath and a good book and maybe a glass of champagne? Do it. Plan the time. Book it out. Do you want to garden? Make time for it. Put aside Saturday morning or whatever works for you. Do you want to meditate? Do that instead of forcing yourself to be more productive. Now, I also want to say this caveat. There is nothing against Netflix, but there is a massive difference, a massive difference between watching a show that you're excited to watch and have been looking forward to and are enjoying and zoning out because your brain is dead only to then feel guilty about it afterwards and beat yourself up for it. Or you put on Netflix and you're only like 20% watching it because you're scrolling on your phone mindlessly at the same time. Like, do you see the difference here? Plan for the downtime you actually dream of. That's what's going to fill you up. That's what's going to nourish you. It's not about how much time you have. Let me tell you, one hour of really good downtime is so much better than three hours of low quality, I'm exhausted so my brain just made me tune out for the last three hours. Trust me, plan for the downtime. Otherwise, the scroll hole will suck you down instead. All right, here's how I suggest planning your day. Every day, a daily habit I suggest, and maybe I should have put this in the daily section, but hey, you know what? Um, I think it's worth I think it's worth talking about in terms of planning. Think about how you want to feel and what will you do to feel this way? That is question one. How do you want to feel today? Do you want to feel energized? Do you want to feel connected? Do you want to feel joyful? And make sure you're doing something every day to feel that way. And probably this is going to link to your goal. You know, you sh- your goal should be tied to how you want to feel. And this is one of the, this is where it's so powerful is because then you don't have to wait till six months from now or three years from now when you've hit your goal. You can feel that way in a small way today, which is so powerful. Every day, I want you to plan and say, what are my top three priorities? And match your energy with the tasks that need to be done. Remember, you only have about five to six hours a day of key energy. How will you spend it? I did that today. I looked at my list and I said, okay, if I only got five-ish hours of really good productive work, what's the most important thing? And I'm like, hey, I got to record this episode because that's where my energy is. That's how I want to show up for you guys with that bright, fresh energy. Okay, here's another question I want you to ask yourself every day. And this this question is so good. This has saved me many, many times. What might trip me up today and how will my best self handle it? Okay, here's how this helps me. And you can literally, I do a practice where I write this down, but you can also just ask yourself this in the shower. So one of the big rub points in my marriage with my husband, Troy, is me being late. And my husband always wants to be early. And so many times before an event, I'm scrambling to get ready. He's already at the door. It's stressful. This is the time where we argue. And it's just not, it's, it doesn't really have to happen, right? And obviously me being the late person, and I'm sure some of you guys are the early people, um, so you're probably on my husband's side. But for me, I'm like, oh, it's okay for five minutes late. And for him, he's like, no, I just want to be early. So <laughs> there, there's been days when I ask myself this question, actually many days, and I can see that the end of the day is getting crammed. And that might mean that I end up late for something that my husband and I are doing. And that's going to stress him out. And then we're going to get in an argument that just doesn't need to be there. So when I ask myself in the morning, what might trip me up? Well, what might trip me up if I ask myself this at 7 a.m. or 9 a.m.? I realize, hey, you know what? My day end of the day is going to get really jam-packed. I might then be rushing to get ready and we might be late. And then that's going to just ruin the whole point of the date night and the point of going out and doing this fun thing. And it's just not worth it. So what I then I ask myself, how will I handle it now? How will my best self show up? Well, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set a timer at the end of the day. I'm going to start with this urgent task. 
I'm going to have a shower at lunch or do my makeup while I'm while I'm watching this video um, or whatever it's going to do to help to make sure that the end of the day isn't rushed. So this has meant that instead of six o'clock that I, you know, all of a sudden am trying to cram in the rest of my to-do list and I'm texting in the shower and I'm anxious as my husband is at the door waiting for me, it means that I plan several hours in advance so I don't get into the situation. It helps me be proactive. Now that is my personal situation. I don't know what trips you up, but Asking yourself this, what might trip me up today and how am I best self-handle it? Asking yourself that question, getting in that habit every day, oh my gosh, it will be such a life changer for you because it will allow you to be proactive and show up as your best self in the tough moments. The last thing I want you to ask yourself every day is what is a bold action you could take? This month, we're doing a challenge in Golden Girls community to do, take a bold action every day. And what's really cool about this is that what seems bold for you today in a few weeks, in a few months, it won't be because you literally build that courage muscle. So this is something I always say, um, living life on your terms, having your goals, achieving your dreams, that's radical. Like most people are just living their life the way that society tells them to and they're they're stuck in these expectations that they place on themselves and aren't willing to challenge that. So to live a life that's different, you do have to be bold. You do have to be courageous. You have to have that courage muscle built up. So asking yourself every day what you can do to be bold, such a game changer. And then actually taking action, you're going to see that you're so much more capable than you even know. I know that went a little bit away from time management, but I also hope that you're seeing that this all interlaces, right? And this is why time management, again, a hack is not just enough. There's so many layers to it. So I hope that this is helpful for you. Now, on to the planning. Here's another tip for you. Work ahead. Plan ahead. If you're looking at your calendar, you're like, Lisa, I literally have zero time right now. Well, then Look ahead and and say, okay, in three or four weeks, I can find time and then go block that. So if you are the the next few weeks are crazy and then it settle, settles down kind of person, like I sometimes find I am, go a few weeks out and block it there. So if you're like, okay, I know I really want to write this screenplay, but the next few weeks are busy, great. Go a month ahead and then start blocking your time. If you know that we are getting into the holiday season and the next little bit is busy, okay, go block the time now for January, for February, whatever that is. Um, block the time for if you want to mentor someone, if you want to take a three-day weekend, whatever you want. Just get ahead of it. Sometimes I know that the next week or two can be really crazy in our calendars because I don't know why. Everything just kind of seems to end up in that space. But if you look ahead and plan ahead and then start blocking that time, that can be a really big gift. Now, if you can't do this, if you cannot see for the foreseeable future in the next couple weeks, few months, if you don't see a time where you can do what you want to do, like there's no time there, you've got to change your life. You are living in a place that's unsustainable if you don't have time to do the things that you want to do and you need to fundamentally change something that you are, probably a couple some things that you are doing because you cannot live for forever in this unsustainable space where you never have time for yourself or for what's important to you. In that case, you got to have real hard conversations with yourself about, do I need to change jobs? Do I need to change careers? Do I need to ask for more help? Do I need to hire more help? Do I need to say no to this big commitment? What do I need to do to create the space for what I really want? Real talk there, right? But it's true. And I I don't want you, I don't want you, I don't believe in ever creating a life that is unsustainable for more than a few weeks. Otherwise, we're just setting ourselves up for burnout, for disappointment, and for something that that we can never call success. That's just not success. All right, here's a little bit of a weird tip, but I really like it. So I am definitely, I want to talk about procrastination. So I'm definitely going to do a topic on procrastination at some point in the future, so stay tuned on that one. But here, I want to talk about where procrastination can actually help you. There is research that shows that creativity actually comes from last-minute pressure. 
In Adam Grant's book, Originals, How Nonconformists Move the World, great book by the way, there are research and examples that show that procrastination can boost your creativity. Now, I gotta say this, there's no one strategy for everyone all the time, and I know I actually talked about giving yourself more time than you needed, but there can be benefits sometimes to rushing and doing things last minute. We know that there are two types of people. There are the people that if something is due in four weeks, you do 25% every week for the next four weeks. That is my husband. Then there are the rest of us. I am a last minute person and I actually do well with last minute pressure and getting things done. I know a lot of you guys can relate to this. And so if you're a fellow procrastinator or last minute person, I see you, I feel you, high fives to you. And you probably relate to feeling a lot of shame on this and a lot of guilt. Um, Society makes us think that we lack discipline or consistency. And it's not really the truth because procrastination can bring us a lot of creativity. In fact, the iconic I have a dream part of Martin Luther King's speech was added at the last minute, like at two in the morning. And that to this day is what sticks in our mind. There is magic that happens from last minute pressure. So to be clear here, you know, there's times where procrastination helps and times where it doesn't. If you're procrastinating on seeing your doctor or saving for your future, this is not for you. Make the appointment. Start putting money aside and start paying down your debt. Do not procrastinate on that. But if the task that you're doing is a creative one, writing, designing, Recording a podcast, just an example, (laughs) waiting until closer to the deadline will help you get more creative. This means you do need to set deadlines and make sure you plan to give yourself enough time, okay? So for example, if I'm releasing episodes on a Tuesday, I shouldn't fill my whole Monday with coaching clients and meetings and then force myself to record at 2 a.m. That's not going to be great. Instead, what I can do and what you can do is leave time on the day before or a couple days before, if it's a presentation you're working on or a blog post or something like that. And give yourself that time to then finalize and record and allow that creativity to come through. Another example, the day before I give a speech and a presentation, I always clear my calendar because I have always have genius breakthroughs that come through the day before. There's something about that last minute pressure that makes me, I don't know, it like gets me super excited for what I'm doing and all of a sudden these great ideas come to me. So give that a try. Again, not if it, not talking about procrastinating, going to see your doctor, not talking about procrastinating, saving or paying down your debt, I'm talking about creative things. This can help, but make sure you plan and give yourself the space for it ahead of time. Here's a... Another fun little tip for you. I call it the surprise moments. In your phone, I encourage you to have a list of things that you want to do based on time. I call it the surprise can-do list. So when I remember when I asked you what would you do with an extra 15 minutes of time a couple weeks ago or what would you do with an extra hour of time? If I'm asking you that now, what would you say? I recommend creating a list in using Evernote or Google Drive or a note in your phone and Have separate sections for when you have 15 minutes, what you would do if you had an hour or three hours or a day. Then whenever you have a moment or you catch yourself saying or thinking, I wish I had time for this or I'd love to do that, add it to the list. Is there an article you want to read? Well, add it to the list and link it. Is there a place you'd like to go? Add it in. Is there a walk or a route to work you want to try? Anything goes. Do you want to leave a review for Golden Girls Podcast? Just saying that, add that to your 15-minute list or less. Maybe with an hour, you'd have a bath or try a yoga class. And whatever that is, I want you to keep these lists in your phone or somewhere they're going to be handy. Because here's the thing. There are always going to be surprise moments. And what happens is that we don't always capitalize on these. There are times when you have to wait. You know, appointments or meetings or events are going to get canceled. And the problem is that we often just get absorbed in what we're already doing. AKA, we just keep hanging on our emails or we go on social media or we clean our house. The key here is to stop. The key is to stop and take that surprise moment and actually do something intentional with you. So let me give you an example. A few months ago, I went to the massage, for a massage. So I 
um, walked over to the clinic and I walked in the door. I took my coat off and I rolled my shoulders. I could feel the tension just releasing and I was like, yeah, it's massage time. And the receptionist checked me in only to tell me I had no appointment. So I don't know what happened there, only that I know our calendars didn't sync up. But in that moment, I had a choice. Do I run home and go back to work or do I take this bonus hour for myself? Well, I'd already planned to be doing something, so it was surprise time. And I looked at my list, and one of the things was walk along the seawall by myself. So I went and I did it. Let me tell you, it was tempting to go home and get work done. It was tempting to just go to the grocery store or to get angry and rant about it and be upset and have that throw off my day. But instead, I went to my surprise moment list, and I did something on it, and it felt amazing. So here's my challenge to you. Create this little list, your surprise moments, and then every time you have some bonus time, do something on it. If you're waiting at the doctor's office, check your list. What could you do with 15 minutes? Do you have a meeting canceled? Go to the list. Bonus time's up, time comes up more often than you realize. But if you always just stuff it with work and crap and all the things that you're already doing, well, then you never get to the things that you really wanted to do. So those are all my tips for planning. Now let's talk about daily time management tips. These are things that you can do every day to help you keep track of your time and be more successful. Number one, enable your technology to enable you. Technology, remember what I said at the beginning of this episode, that there were predictions that technology is going to have us all on our butts and bored all day. Well, here we are now feeling like we're slaves to technology. You can use technology to either help you or hurt you, and you have a choice. Most phones these days have a tracker. My iPhone does, and yours does too. There's a tool called Screen Time that tells us how much time we've been on our phone. There's other apps too that can do this, and I've actually linked to a few of them in the show notes for you to help you out on this. Look at the amount of time you're spending and ask yourself, is this in alignment with the goals that I have and who I want to be and in service of those? I know for me, the answer to that is heck no. Some of it is important. I use it for my business. I am a social person, so I love the connection, but I know some of it is wasted. So what I decided to do was just a few weeks ago is I set timers on my apps and it has helped me eliminate a ton of mindless scrolling and helped me change my habit from just automatically grabbing my phone and checking my social media apps to being like, okay, I only have 15 minutes on this app a day. Is this how I want to be spending it? How can I be more intentional with it? Now, remember, if your phone doesn't already have a program like this, you can download one. There's tons of free ones or paid ones. You can use your phone. So use your technology to help you. Use it to set downtime. You can set, for example, I want to be away from my phone for 30 hours. Sorry, 30 hours. That would, Maybe. Sure. Go for that. Um, 30 minutes. Then try an hour and then try bigger chunks of time. Putting your phone away while you go and do something is is so game-changing and, and really powerful. And you can literally use your phone technology to help make sure that your sneaky little habit, you don't just go right up to your phone and keep using it even though you're not, you're not supposed to. Use your technology to enable you. Not to limit you. Set the limit on your app. Look at the ones that you know you're not supposed to be on, the ones that aren't intentional, and set limits on those. Set, you know, Start with 15 minutes, and if you have to up it a little bit, that's okay, um, but see what you can do, and I promise you that's going to make a big difference. Also, delete the apps you don't want and don't need on your phone. I know a lot of people, a lot of my clients have deleted social media from their phones, and it's made a big difference. Put your phone charger in a different room. Like, Use your technology to help you instead of hurting you. Remember, you are in charge of your phone, my friend. Me too. I got to put my phone away more too. So this is a great reminder for me. I'm definitely getting better at this. I'm not perfect. Um, But these are the things that help me and I hope that they'll help you too. Let's talk about sprinting. So the most effective way to work is to just work all day straight through without a break, right? 
No, I'm just kidding here. No, it's definitely not. And yet, how many of us are doing this? How many of us are never getting up to stretch or maybe only just to pee? How many of us are trying to just like do more, do more and get through all the things? I'm guilty of it too. Productivity research has shown us that the most effective way to work is to work in 50-minute sprints. To do this, it's pretty easy to do. You can set a timer. I use my Alexa app. Um, you could also use your phone. There's also a timer online called Marinara Timer because this is uh, part of the Pomodoro method of productivity. So Marinara Timer, I think that's pretty cute. Marinara Timer is something that I use. I go 50-minute sprints. And after the 50 minutes, I get up and I roll my shoulders and I do a dance party and I get some water and I go have a drink. This is such a powerful way. Trust me when I say you are going to love this. Once you do it, you're going to see how much stuff you get done. When you set the timer, you set an intention and say, okay, during this sprint, I'm going to get these two or three things done or one thing or whatever it is. And then at the end of the 50 minutes, you check in. Now, I got it come in here and just say this, that it is um, it is hard to keep the discipline up to do this yourself. And so one of the things that I do in my Golden Girls community, and I'm popping a little plug in here because I think it's really powerful, we actually co-work once a month. Sometimes we do a bonus one too. And we actually all get together on a Zoom call and I set the timer and we do this together. And it's a really fun way to connect and get stuff done. I use the other S word, but you get the point. Um, it's really fun. And if you if you want to join my community, I'd love to have you hop on the wait list. I'll drop the link here below too. Um, but you can do this on your own too. You can do this with a friend. Uh, do this with your, your, your team at work. Do this with other people because it's a really fun way to co-work and be productive and do the things that are meaningful. Now, 50 minutes of work, you know, five or 10 minute break. Here's my little tip for you, something that I've refined over time. Don't go on your phone during a break and just do more work, okay? I'm guilty of that. I did that and I was like, why am I so tired? That is not a disconnect. So please make sure that you are not just using your, quote, break to just go on your phone and do more, okay? Use it as a chance to actually disconnect. And if you want to join Golden Girls Community where we do this once a month all together as a group, super fun, um, so productive, and just a really great chance to connect and, and work together and use some of these time management strategies and implement them right away, hop on the wait list and uh, the link is in the show notes or lisamichelle.com forward slash community. I'd love to see you in there. If this is something that sounds fun to you, you got to join in. Spoiler alert, sometimes we have dance parties too and it's really great. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. You could probably tell that I'm very excited and I'm so passionate about my community. So thanks for letting me share that. All right, so here's another tip for your day and how to make the most of it. One of them is to eat that frog. What the heck is a frog? I don't literally mean eating a frog. This is from Brian Tracy's book, Eat That Frog. Hello. Um, He says, your frog is that thing that you're dreading or like the hardest thing that's in your day. And he recommends to start your day with that. Most uh, research has shown us that we have the most willpower at the beginning of the day. And as the day goes on, our willpower decreases. Same thing with our decision making. We can make better decisions at the beginning of the day and less at the end of the day. That's actually why you'll see like Mark Zuckerberg always wears the same outfit because he wants to minimize the number of decisions that he makes. So he just wears pretty much the same thing, sweatshirt and jeans every day. This eat this frog concept follows that same principle as starting your day with the hardest thing. So um, this is one of the things that I sometimes get my clients to do is say, okay, you know what? Whatever is the hardest thing, whatever you're dreading, whether it's a sales call, whether it's the tough conversation or a meeting or just, you know, scripting the thing or writing, whatever that is, start your day with that because then when you're done with it, you're going to feel so good. Nothing motivates you and gets momentum going as much as taking action. So you're going to feel great after you've eaten your frog and ready to be more productive and make the most of your time for the rest of the day. 
Now, you know that this conversation on time management would not be complete without talking about distractions. I know that this is one of the biggest things that sucks away our time, distractions. The best thing I can say to you is to make it easy for yourself. So close out your email, turn off your social media, close all notifications, you know, put your phone away from you. For example, I I often put my phone charger, it's away from my desk, so I have to put my phone over there. And during the daytime, especially when I'm really focusing on being present, I put it in my bedroom so that it's away from me. If you're in an office environment, I know that there's this um, like old school idea that having an open door policy is the best thing and it makes you more accessible and relatable and all those things. But the truth is that it's also sucking your time. It's just distracting you and making you less productive and wasting your time. So here's what I recommend doing instead. Change your your the way that you work to office hours. So have an hour or two a day or whatever you can do where you're available for people. And this is this stuff is obviously going to take some communication, but when you do this, when you put these systems in place, you allow for yourself to actually be able to make the most of your time. And instead of trying to do all the things at once and forgetting where you were, you're going to get more things done. I know most of your leaders, your bosses, your team is going to really understand if they if they get this, if you explain this to them, and also if you support them in doing this too. It's actually a really great way that you can add value to your whole office, your team, your business. If you say to everyone and say, hey guys, you know, us all being distracted all the time isn't really helping. So let's make sure that we have a certain number of hours a day or certain times where we're available and connect then instead of all of the time. Put a sign on your door or workplace if you have to. This is something that I've had to do too, even in my in my life. I work at home. And so sometimes when my husband's home, he wants to ask me a question or he has questions about, you know, what are we having for dinner or have you seen my socks or whatever that is. And I've had to be really clear with him too and say, hey, hun, I'm going to be focused for the next 50 minutes doing my sprints. And so if you have something, just write it down. I literally will even give him a piece of paper and a pen. I'm like, just write it down here and whatever it is so you don't forget about it and we'll come back to it when I'm done. And same thing when we have guests at the house. You know, it's been a process for me to learn over the last couple of years to set aside work time for work time and social time for social time. So when we have guests, I do the same thing. I say, hey, for the next little bit, I'm going to be working. Um, Here again, here's a piece of paper. Write down what you need from me and then we can chat. Social media, email, phone, texting, all these things, they, they can be important, but they also more likely are not that important. And they feel important because they're urgent, but they're really not. So I recommend putting aside time in your day to, to tackle these. Maybe you can do like an hour in the morning, an hour at the end of the day to batch all of these things. And we've talked a little bit about batching. We'll talk about it more. Um, but that's basically just doing it all at once. Instead of being you know in your email, then on your social media, then trying to write that that social media post and then trying to get back to the other person on the phone, that just separates your time, separates your attention. Um, put aside, if you can do an hour a day, twice a day, that's amazing to do that. Let your coworkers, your family, anybody, your team know that you need this uninterrupted time. One of the other things that I've done is I actually have an out of office on my email and have it on all the time. It basically says this in a really nice way. It says, I don't respond to non-urgent emails. I just don't. And if we have a pre-standing coaching call or a meeting, I will be there 100%. And if it's urgent, here's my number. I actually get comments once in a while. People are like, oh, you know, it makes me 
think twice and I almost don't want to email you because you have your out of office on. And I'm like, well, good. That's the point. Hopefully a little less emails. If you don't need me, if it's not urgent, uh, is, is a good thing because I don't know about you, but I, I'm probably sitting with a couple hundred unopened in my, in my inbox right now. I'm just not very good at it. It, to me, my inbox is more of other people's to-do lists and other people's priorities than it is mine. So I don't actually spend a lot of time in there and I just make sure that I set the expectation there. I, I let people know, Hey, I'm just not in my email. So if we, if we are, if you're one of my clients or if you want to be a client, like I'll get back to you. If we got something pre-standing, I will be there. If it's urgent, here's my number. Otherwise, I, I don't respond to it. So I hope you don't have to go that far, that extreme, but I want to give you that example and remind you that you're in control. You're in charge. Like your inbox is not attached to you. You don't have to do it. It's only if it's meaningful for you and if it's going to align with your goals and what's important to you. Okay, a couple more last tips that help me every day. So one of the things that I do is I make sure I plan the di- the next day, the night before. So I don't necessarily know everything or exactly when I'm going to do it. Um, and I do allow for in the mornings checking in, asking myself, you know, how I want to feel, what are my priorities, what bold action I'm going to take, and uh, also checking in on what might trip me up and how my best self show up for it. So I definitely do that in the morning of. But the night before, I usually take a few minutes and just write down, okay, is there anything that's like urgent in my mind? very important that I know that I do need to tackle the next day. That way it's not rattling it around in my head all evening or I'm not laying in bed making my to-do list. I've written it down. It's there. And I know it's it, I know it's there. And the next morning I'll, I will look at it and then make the right plan for the day. But I find that the night before giving my, or I guess before I leave my desk at the end of the day, writing it down just helps me get it all out of my head so I can be present for the evening. I know I get, gave you guys the tip of giving yourself more time, and believe me, that's that's really powerful, but it can also be fun, and I also said this at the beginning, that some of these tips are going to work for different times and different spaces and different tasks, depending on what you're doing. You can actually flip that on its head, and what you can do instead, here's a little time management tip and strategy, is challenging yourself to do it faster. Set a timer and see if you can do a task faster than you think. I wouldn't suggest doing this with super critical or important you know, brain intensive tasks, but this can be, this is really powerful for things like tidying your living room. You'll be shocked at how much 20 minutes of hustle can get done if you say, I'm going to get organized the living room in 20 minutes instead of just lazily, slowly putting things away where it feels like you've done it all day. Then you actually have time to sit down and enjoy. I do this with dishes sometimes. Honestly, sometimes I do it with my emails too. I'm like, okay, how many can I just like crank out and get done here instead of spending all day and kind of puttering around? So this is this can be actually a really great strategy too, is to set a timer and say, hey, you know what? Can I get this done in 20 minutes? Could I get this done in 30 minutes? Can I get this done in, in five minutes, what, depending on what that is? And challenge yourself to put a little hustle in it. Um, it's, again, not for the super critical or important things or the, the, the things that are really going to move the needle, but for the things that like they have to get done, uh, make a little game with yourself and see how fast you can get them done. For the perfectionist out there, he, here's a little tip. Challenge yourself, instead of worrying about getting to 100%, which I know perfectionism, that's what we want to do, challenge yourself to just get to 80%. So put down 80% of the blog post, write it down. Get 80% of your spreadsheet done or get to 80% accuracy, just get it out there. Uh, Get 80% of your presentation done, whatever you're working on, 80%. Setting a timer can help on this too. And give yourself permission to come back to it, but say, you know what, I'm going to spend two or three hours or however much time you need to get it to 80%. That way, you don't spend like 100 hours to get it to 100% because as you can see, if it takes an extra 95 hours to get from 80% to 100%, that's probably not worth your time. 
Setting a timer and setting an 80% target and giving myself permission to come back to it is a way that I've overcome some of my perfectionism tendencies and it helps me save time because trust me when I say I could oh, I could just spend days and days and days reviewing things that just don't matter. So if you can relate to this, try the 80% target. It's a really cool little strategy. Before I finish up on the daily tips, i got to say we're about multitasking. It is so funny because just a few years ago, I can remember applying to jobs and seeing everywhere that one of the skills people wanted was multitasking. And in fact, once in a while, I still see that today and I'm like, oh my gosh, people, no, 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 no. Here are some of the stats. And this is stats out of Harvard, so you know that it's good stuff. Harvard Business Review estimates that there's a 40% drop in productivity when people multitask. Studies show up to a 10% drop in your IQ just because of multitasking. The funny thing is, is that the better you think you are multitasking, research shows that you're actually probably even worse. Our brains don't multitask. What happens is your brain is actually switching quickly between tasks, and that slows you down, makes you more likely to make mistakes, and it takes you longer to get back to what you were doing before. Studies show it takes about 15 minutes to get back to an intense mental task after you've been interrupted, like for example with a text message or an email or someone coming to your office doors, 15 minutes. So that means that if if in a day you got four interruptions, like four emails or four text messages, that would lose an hour of your time because now you've got to get back to where you were. Tell me the truth now. Do you have more than four interruptions a day? That's what I thought. This is why we talked about distractions before. It's super important to set the boundaries, to, if you have to make some changes, do it. Set the expectations with those around you. More than likely, they're going to support you. And that's how you're going to get a ton of time back to your day. The truth is that if you try multitasking, it actually takes you more time to get things done, up to 50% longer. Not to mention the time you have to spend because you're making more mistakes to go back and fix it all. Tell me, are you ready to give up multitasking? Please, please, please. I thought so. Okay, the last category of tips for you guys, making sure you're doing the right things. Number one, review and refresh. And this is where, you know, you can do a calendar audit on a regular basis. You can look at your tasks for the following weeks. Look at what you're actually spending your time on. I talk about this more in episode six, so definitely go back to that. It's how to break down your goals to actually achieve it, and it's the second strategy in there where I... I went on this whole tangent on productivity because it's so important. So I'm not going to go into all of it again, but here's the gist to it, by the way. And it also ties to what I talked about in episode seven with your desire zone or zone of genius, zone of awesome. So know what you're doing. Look at what the tasks are that you're doing. And this also can come from tracking your time. And then really ask yourself, is it you that has to be doing it? Is this the right thing? Is this actually going to move the needle? The 80-20 rule, 20% of what you do brings the 80% of the results. What are the 20% of things that are really making the difference that are giving you what you want in your life? And anything else, you delegate it. So this, by the way, this relates to work and to home life, both the things. So delegate, who else can do it? Outsource it, work and home, you know, get get a virtual assistant. Uh, you can get a virtual personal assistant. You can outsource some grocery shopping. And now a lot of places deliver that for free. So easy. Stop doing it. Just stop. And I'm going to talk about this probably at some point more, but I just, I, you know, some of the things that I've stopped doing, I don't send Christmas cards. And I, for a long time, I thought it was something I had to do, but it was just taking up so much time and I didn't really enjoy it. And it was just stressing me out. So I just stopped. Um, it's amazing what you can stop doing if you give yourself permission to do it. Simplify. 
Simplify whatever you can. What can you do less of? Can you clean your house less? Can you cook less intensive meals? Uh, batching. Can you batch some of your meals? Can you batch some more of your cleaning? Can you batch your emails? Batch your social media? Batch your podcast recordings? Batch your, your writing? Batch creating your presentation? So many things you can batch when you do it all at once. That way you're not dealing with that 15-minute lag every time you're being pulled from direction to direction. I'm going to talk quickly about stacking too. That's another little strategy here. For These are for things, by the way, that are not in your, your desire zone, not in the things that are the best use of your time, but you still have to do them sometimes. Stacking is a great tool when you're doing something that doesn't require a ton of mental attention and you can add on something that maybe does. So for example, going for a walk and having a conversation with a friend. Driving and listening to a podcast, doing the dishes, listening to a podcast. Um, and I know some of you guys bring me with you for dishes, and I think I was helping you move last week, which is so funny. Um, and that's that's really great. Or listening to an online course, or maybe having a conversation with a friend while you guys are uh, eating dinner together. So, think whether you're, by the way, whether you're close together, whether you're doing Skype dinner dates, which I totally do with my friends from afar too. So that's what stacking is. Stacking is not multitasking. Multitasking is trying to do two things that require your attention. Uh, and undivided attention, you'll, you know the difference. You, you know the difference. You know when it's working for you and when it's not. Asking for help. I want to just call this out as a strategy too because I have done this many points in my life. Since having Sonoma, Troy has stepped up in so many ways. Thank you, by the way, honey. If you're listening to this, you're amazing. Um, he's stepped up to not only help around the house and in our lives. I don't, I think a lot of women, we, we take on the mental load too, right? You know, figuring out the social events and getting gifts for people and making sure everyone's got clothes and the house is stocked and all those things. Like he has really stepped up and I've had to ask for this help because I just couldn't do it all. And so I want to just say that that's also a time management strategy is asking for help. So do that. If there's something in, that you need help with, do that. None of us do it alone. And I really believe that asking for help. You know, people love helping too. We, When we ask for help, we also give other people the joy of helping us and giving back. So don't think you can do it all yourself. And yes, think about that. You're going to give someone else joy because they're going to help you and it's going to make them feel really good and strengthen your relationship there too. And remember, they can always say no. So don't feel like you're putting your own people pleasing onto them, which is something that I struggled with for a long time, which is how I know that. But asking for help is a real-time management strategy. One little thing here I want to mention around the whole stacking and batching and all this productivity top, I just want to remind you that you are a human being, not a human doing. Remember to be as well. There is magic in quiet and you don't have to stuff every moment with being productive. There is such great thinking that comes from being in the shower and just being in the shower, not listening to a podcast or going for a walk by yourself and not trying to talk and not trying to make it productive. Talking to your partner in the car or having a real conversation or to your kids instead of just cramming your head with more information. So while I would love to say, yes, listen to all my shows, I got to say this. Please take time for you to relish in the quiet. Remember, you don't always need to be producing. When we're talking about making sure we're spending our time on the right thing and investing in the right places, energy really matters. I know I've mentioned this before, you, if you only had five or six hours of good, creative, excellent work, how would you spend it? Remember to start there and think about that every single day. Now for me, even though I'm not a morning person, I actually get up early and work out in the morning because I feel like I can do it and by the time I've woken up, my workout is done. It is awesome. 
I should say this, it's probably not the best time to work out, but I can work out. Let me say this to differentiate and help you understand this. So if I worked out at 3 p.m. when I have more energy, I could probably work out a bit harder. I might be able to lift heavier weights or go and do a bit more cardio, but it's also my prime creative time. So at this season of life, I want to save that for my work and for the work that I'm doing like this. But if I had different goals, for example, if I was training for the Olympics, I would switch that around. I'd probably be working out midday. So this is what I mean around energy management, making sure you are clear on what are the best times of day for you to be working and your best energy. Where do you want to be spending that? For me, like I said, I work out in the mornings. I get it done. It feels good. I'm ready to go for the day. It revs me right up. Um, But like I said, I might be able to burn more calories or lift more weights if I did it later. But just for the season of life that I'm in, where my goals are, it doesn't make sense for me. I want to spend my my best thinking hours creating content like this podcast, supporting my community, on my client calls, because that is where my magic is. And that's how I really want to be leaving an impact. So you got to think about that for yourself too. When is your best time of day? What are your goals? And how can you align those things, especially if you only have a couple hours a day? And a little bonus tip here. I wasn't planning on saying this, but I got to say it. Exercise, man. Getting outside, moving your body, moving your body inside the house, turning on some music, dancing around the house, chasing your kids, tickling your partner, whatever that is. Going for a swim. My gosh, I can't even say enough about how exercising – I've been consistently exercising for probably about seven or eight years now, and it is so, so, so pivotal to how I have so much energy and how I'm able to get so much done. People always ask me, you're like, they're like, oh, you're like an energizer bunny. Well, it's honestly, I do think a lot of it is because I exercise and because I move and energy doesn't just come to us, you know, we have to generate it. We have to create it. And so working out is one of the ways that I do that. So running, walking, dancing, swimming, yoga. Uh, I do, I use Beat the Beach Body app, which I absolutely love. It's so, so, so good. Um, swimming, like whatever that is for you that feels good do that. Move your body. And I know it's it feels like it's, you're taking away time, but it's actually going to make you so much clearer. And the, the research proves this over and over and over again, but I'm, so I'm not going to say a bunch of that. I'm just going to say, you probably know this. On the days that you work out, you probably feel better. I know I certainly do. So I just want to say that sometimes taking time for that will actually add time and energy and productivity and, and good mood, good energy for the rest of your day. So this last little tip I'm going to share here to make sure you're doing the right thing is making time to check in and reflect. Now, this is not just for time management, by the way. This is great for your goals in general too, to take time to reflect. Now, this can mean at the end of the day, doing gratitude. I I highly recommend that. I know it's super cliche, but it really does make a difference. And also reflecting on what went well for the day. You know, how did you feel and what made you feel that way? What was good and what would you like to improve? Every single week, I recommend checking in at the end of the week. What went well? How did you feel? How are you feeling in terms of of balance? How about at the end of the month? And I I do a monthly reflection at the end of every month to reflect and celebrate what what I did and what I'm proud of and then figure out what's next for the future month. The thing is that what worked now may or may not work in six months and what worked three months ago may or may not be working today. And one of the most powerful things is just checking in and seeing what's working for you. It doesn't sound super game-changing. It's not that new or refreshing. But are you doing it? Chances are probably not. You know, even I catch myself sometimes being so busy that I forget to reflect on the week or I kind of skip over that page in my planner. But the truth is is that when when I do this and when you do this, you're going to 
get so much value out of it. You're going to, the taking the five, 10 minutes to reflect and setting yourself up and planning for what's ahead, checking in to make sure you're doing the right things and doing what's meaningful for you and spending your time, investing your time the way you want it to, that's the only way you're going to get better. That's the only way you'll be able to keep your relationship with time strong and positive. Remember, it's a complex relationship and it evolves over time. So if you're never checking in and reflecting, you're not going to know if you're doing what's right for you. Okay, I lied. One last little thing. I just got to say it. Celebration. It is so important. How often are you taking time to just say, heck yes, I did that? Whether it was finishing your tasks for the day, whether it was squeezing in the workout, whether it was shutting down your laptop and just being present with your family, Gosh, you guys, please celebrate. Every Friday, celebrate. Make that happen. If you never feel the reward from what you're doing and you just push yourself for more and more and more and more, you will burn out. I can promise you that. So promise me on Fridays, take time to celebrate at least one thing that you did this week or something that you are proud of. And remember, if you have my weekly planner, uh, grab that show, link in the show notes there, lisamishow.com forward slash week. I built this in for a reason. I ask you, what are you proud of? And that's intentional because I want you to feel good about how far you've come. And when you come from that place of pride and excitement and celebration, it primes you for even more success. So in a way, it is a time management strategy and tip because when you feel good, you do more good. You, you are more good. You can feel the way you want to feel. I know that was a lot of strategies and tips, and I hope there was some in there, I'm sure there were, that you've never heard before. Please, don't feel overwhelmed to do all the things. Start with one or two and see what works for you. I got to share this, which is the most important thing in all of time management, and I have to put this in here because I know that you are sometimes guilty of not doing this, and that is taking time for you. Remember this, that above everything else, everything comes from you, good or bad, What you have in your life is a result of how you're caring for yourself or how you're not. Don't use these strategies simply to try and cram more into your life or just to do more for others. Use these strategies and these tips and these tools for you to feel like the best version of you, whatever that means. For you to be a happier, more joyful, more positive, less stressed version of you. So use these not to to pressure yourself to do more, not to play into that narrative that you're not enough right now and so that's why you need to do more. But instead, use these to create that space and remember that the number one thing is that it's about you and you feeling great. When you feel great, everything else is so much better in your life. With all of these strategies and tips, I know it can be really easy to get so focused on productivity that we forget what's most important. And that is how you're experiencing life, how you're feeling, and who you're becoming. Your time is precious. It is the most important currency that you have. And no matter how you decide to spend it, I hope that you've learned some ideas from this episode and from the ones before it to help you invest your time in what matters the most. Come back to these episodes at the beginning of the new year as you're getting started. After any major life transition, like a new job or a business or a partnership, a big goal, a new family member, anything, come back to them a few times a year to refresh. Remember, your time is a changing relationship, so don't just ignore it. Come back to it. I know this was a lot. Three episodes on time management. Holy moly, Lisa, what did I talk about? Let me sum it up here for you real quickly. It's really only about three things. Number one, which is clarity. How do you want to feel? What is your goal? 
What is your capacity? How much time do you really have to dedicate to it? And what is your zone of awesome, your desire zone? What are the things that you are awesome at and that you are passionate about and how do you spend more time there? That's clarity. That's number one. Number two is your mindset. You have enough time and you are in charge. I want you to get intentional AF about how you're spending your time, both your downtown and your uptime. And cover any limiting beliefs like your how your fear of failure, success, people-pleasing, perfectionism, all of those things. When you uncover those limiting beliefs, you're going to see that all of a sudden you're going to have more time and it's going to make your relationships and everything else in your life so much stronger. The third thing here is really about your habits, knowing where your time is going and making sure it's in the right place. Having a plan for success, having the daily habits in place, and of course, doing the right things. Clarity, mindset, and your habits. That's what it's all about. Golden Girl, thank you so much for listening to this. I am so proud to have you here in our community. Don't forget to grab your free time tracker. Remember, it's not super fancy, but I do hope that it helps. It's what I use and what I share with my students and my clients. LisaMichaud.com forward slash tracker. And you can also grab your free weekly planner at LisaMichaud.com forward slash week. Don't worry, it's all in the show notes. Go ahead and grab them in your phone. Please take a moment and think about someone in your life that wants more time. Someone that is so busy, someone that needs more time for themselves. I would love for you to pull out your phone and hit share. Share this episode with the person you know that needs it the most. If you're feeling extra special and amazing, I'd love for you to also take a screenshot and share this on social and tag me because I love knowing that you're listening and it means the world to me. You know, I appreciate you listening and I also want this to be a two-way conversation. So I would love to know, as you're doing your tracking and you figure out where your time is going, when you're doing your weekly planning, I would love to hear it. Send me a message, tag me on social, send me an email. Heck, you know, next time you see me at an event or in person, wherever, come on up and tell me. It just lights me up. You know, I've been getting messages from you guys and you guys are sharing on your social media your list of 100 dreams and it just lights me up. So as you're doing your tracking, your weekly planning, you're trying any of these things, if you're sprinting, whatever you're doing, please let me know. It. This is more than just about me speaking to you. I want to hear from you. I want to know what's working. I want to know what you're trying. And I want to have a relationship with you. That sounds weird. I don't know why I said that. But I really, I want to be connected with you and know what's helping you and where I can help you more. So thank you again for listening. I hope you have an amazing day. Stay tuned. I've got some great episodes coming up for Golden Girls Podcast. We have some incredible guests coming that I I can't share yet, but I'm super excited. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe and I will talk to you in the next episode of Golden Girls Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If something spoke to you, send me a message by sharing this episode and tagging me on social media. If you know someone who would love to hear this episode, please share it with them too. Because I love surprises, make sure you subscribe to the Golden Girls podcast today. It's the only way to find out about bonus surprise episodes and make sure you don't miss a single beat on your golden journey. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode of the Golden Girls podcast.